630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oil Kings and Warriors just underway of Rogers Place in the NHL. After two, Montreal is up 2-0 on the Islanders in the third period. Still no score between the Bruins and Carolina. Wild lead Florida 3-2. Golden Knights lead the Devils 3-2. Earlier today, the Devils firing head coach John Hines replaced on an interim basis by Elaine Nasruddin. Maple Leafs and Flyers 1-1. Arizona leading Columbus 3-2 in the second period. Tampa Bay, despite being outshot 14-3, has a 1-0 lead on Nashville. Hedman, his fifth of the season. And early in the second period, the Jets up 1-0 on Dallas. Ehlers, his 13th of the season. The Jets saluting the Grey Cup champion Blue Bombers before that game. Later on tonight, Capitals and Sharks, Senators and Canucks. Then the Senators head to Edmonton. Tomorrow's game on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 6. The puck will drop at 7.30. No Nugent Hopkins, no Cassian tomorrow. Matt Benning's been placed on injured reserve. Caleb Jones and Stuart Skinner sent to Bakersfield. Joel, uh, Joel Pearson has been called up. Uh, I want to get to a phone call here in a second. We got uh, our old buddy Rocket calling in, but I want to remind you the 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous live auction is in two days. It's on Thursday. Now, first of all, there's already an online auction going on on santasanonymous.ca, and there are some really cool things available there. But then throughout the day on Thursday, we will have a live auction for items. And our item here on Inside Sports, it'll be available from 6 to 7. It is a Rexall place seat signed by Grant Fuhr and Paul Coffey, a pair of lower bowl tickets to see the Oilers host Nashville on February 8th, and golfing for two with Grant Fuhr and a golf pro. (laughs) How about that? So we'll be taking live bids during uh, the first hour of Inside Sports on Thursday. That is pretty cool. Rocket online too. Hey, Rocket. Hey, how are you doing, Reed? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you again. You too. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, you know, to say I've been been listening to a lot of shows about, uh, you know, the abuse with coaches. And like your previous caller, uh, I also played at a high level and, uh, I, you know, coach and still coach, um, more of a player's coach. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I remember going to junior high school and, you know, the principals had straps. I remember kids in the classroom getting kicked in the shins with cowboy boots and you know that was uh you know i'm dating myself here that was granted probably 40 years ago but uh um i like what kevin bieksa uh said i watched his interview and you know it was funny when they when they asked him you know if he had ever seen anything he didn't and if he did he probably wouldn't have said anything and i kind of relate that back to you know when we were junior high school we all kind of you know, even as as kids in junior high kind of, you know, sloughed it off or laughed it off and it became like, you know, uh, you know, a really good story instead of a bad one, even though it's, you know, a bad story when you think about it now, right, in, in, in today's context. So 
I just kind of, I guess, wanted to put a little perspective on, you know, you know, that was like, uh, like, like Kevin BX said, it was commonplace 15 years ago. And, and now, you know, with social media, I would, I could, couldn't imagine what the social media would have been like, you know, when I was in junior high school. And if people started putting some of that stuff on web pages, you know, or, or, uh, you know, different, uh, feeds. Yeah. And and Rocket, I don't want to take the I I don't want to take this in the direction of every coach who's ever done something or said something should be condemned for life and never be allowed to participate in society again. I don't I don't want to take it there, but I do I do want to say let's continue to evolve as people as a sports culture and make sports the most welcoming an enjoyable thing possible. And again, you know, you play at a high level and not coaches are going to yell, they're going to challenge players. That's that's all fine. But you know, I think we all have to understand that the line might be in a different place than it used to be. Yeah, and, I, I and let's agree. work I with agree. that. I agree 100% and 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 times have changed and and like Kevin said and I agreed with him 100% because he said, you know, uh times have changed and you have to adapt to those changes because uh it's not acceptable anymore. Rocket, I assume you'll be watching the game tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk to you after. Yeah, you betcha, boss. All right, that's Rocket, 780-496-0063. Appreciate uh, the feedback. Some good texts uh, coming in as well, and uh, thanks for all those. Really appreciate it. I, I do want to I, I get to this. I, I teased it a little earlier, so I want to make sure I follow through on playing this. Kind of an interesting story. I, I guess could have had a, a worse resolution, I suppose, but uh, it, it turned out pretty good. Mark Borvietsky from the Ottawa Senators. The team's been in Vancouver for a couple of days. He They got it on tape today, his story of uh, intervening in a crime in Gastown in Vancouver. Okay, so I went uh, to lunch at uh, Miku with... Uh Mikel and Dylan, and uh, they wanted to go to do a little shopping in Gastown, so we did that, and I split off to go to uh, Parade Organics Baby Store. Shout out to that store. Cool. Uh, so I was walking back uh, in Gastown and had my baby stuff in my right hand, and saw this suspicious guy just kind of like shuffling down the sidewalk, and he had a bike with him, so I found it kind of strange. He was just like shuffling around with his bike, and I'm um, just like looking over at him, I just hear this huge, well, see him, and hear this huge bang, and I just hear this, like, blue Chevy Impala, the passenger side window just shatters. And I, like, look over and kind of yell, like, hey. And then uh, I see him, like, wrestling this big hiking backpack out of the front, can't quite get it out. And I yelled at him from across the street, and I was like, put the bag down, bro. And he was just, like, yelling and swearing at me, telling me to go away and stuff. You know, I started trotting across the street, and I was like, dude, like, put the bag down. Yelled at me again, swearing at me again, tell me to half off and go away. And uh, at this point, I started running towards him because I knew he was going to take the bag. So I was like, all right, dude, last chance, put the bag down. And uh, again, he said the same things to me over and over. So I started running towards him, and he got on his bike, threw the bag on, and he took like... I don't know, like five or like three hard pedals towards me, thinking, I don't know if you thought I was just going to ram me or if I was going to jump out of the way. Um, and I had my baby stuff in my right hand, so with my left arm, I just kind of like reflexively, like, I'll oh, clear the air. I didn't like, like, you know, my first thought was if I absolutely destroy this guy and he gets hurt, like, what are the legal ramifications for me here? Because I could have done some damage. So I was like, try to do this as 
gently as I can. So I just like kind of hooked my left arm and sort of like under his arm and like pulled him off the bike to the ground. And like that was the same arm that had the bag. So I had like his arm and the bag on my left left arm, I think. And uh, he was like down, kind of like trying to get away from me, swearing at me. And I was just ready, like kind of like waiting if it came. If he pulled something sharp, I was gonna drop my baby supplies and crack him one. But uh, he just kind of like got his bike and went away. And again, I didn't really know like what the, the rules of engagement, so to speak, were like whether I could pin him down or you know like how hard I could hit him. So I was like, I'm just gonna make sure I don't like physically hurt this guy, but get the bag back. And the cops kind of had a good chuckle about that with me after. And I called them and just waited by the car because there was a bunch of snowboards in there and. And other stuff, and the cops uh, were like, yeah, you know, took my statement and said uh, they'd try to contact whoever it was. So they opened the bag up, and first thing they found was a couple of passports. So uh, right place at the right time. I was thankful I was there. Like, there was a bunch of people around, but I think some people in that situation probably aren't, you know, sure to react or confident in their own physical abilities. And I was, you know, mediocre fighter on the ice, but I'm very confident handling myself off the ice. So uh, I wasn't too worried about anything that would happen there. So I figured uh, that was just the right place at the right time. There it is, Mark Borowiecki from the Ottawa Senators, the story in his own words about uh, intervening in a crime in progress in Vancouver. All right, we have uh, Jared calling in as well. Jared, I'm not sure if you're calling in because you once broke up a crime or if you want to talk about something else, but it's good to hear from you. Uh, I just want to make a comment about, like, uh, you know, the coaches getting blamed for a lot of stuff that's going on, but I can recall my experiences in the early, mid-90s playing midget and junior, and that a lot of the players were, there were some really bad news, and they taunted the coaches. And the altercations that I saw were more the, the player getting in the coach's face and the coaches reacting. And I know times have changed, but you had to have coaches back then that could control the players. Otherwise, the players would just run rough shots and, and you know, the, the team would lose control. So I guess that the players have changed and now you need different coaches. But I do think a lot of the stuff that went on in the past was because the players were were, were different. And they were, they were, like I said, there were some really bad dudes out there. Jared, thanks, man. It's good to hear from you. Bye-bye. That's Jared, 780-496-0063. We appreciate the uh, discussion for sure. All right, uh, no Nugent Hopkins, no Cassian, no Benning tomorrow. In fact, Benning's been placed on uh, injured reserve. We're going to welcome two-time Scotty's champion Chelsea Carey to the show in a couple of minutes. She has uh, a really cool story related to the Grey Cup, and we're also going to get into uh, the story from uh, a couple of days ago. Equal prize money at the Scotties and at the Briar. Coming up. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 20 after 7 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Please to... Welcome to the show, one of Canada's best when it comes to curling, Chelsea Carey. Chelsea, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for checking in tonight. I, I, I want to get to a significant curling story with you in a couple minutes, but I do think I, I'd love to bring up something else here. Uh, I'm hoping you can tell, like I've read about it, but I'm hoping you can tell the story in your own words 
The Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup. They were honoured before the Jets game tonight in Winnipeg. Can you tell the story of your lucky hat? Uh, yeah, so my um, my late grandfather, my Guido, he uh, m- moved to Canada from the Ukraine after World War II and, and spoke very little English and really didn't understand, you know, much about sports or anything, but moved to Winnipeg and, and cheered for all the teams. And I remember going to my dad's Briar final with him, and he was convinced he was everyone's good luck charm. And so when my dad's team won the Briar in 92 when we were there, he was so excited that he didn't know what to do. So he took off the, the baseball hat he was wearing and he threw it on the ice. And I don't actually think he ever got it back. So anyway, then the Bombers are playing in the game and I've got T-shirts and tank tops and things, but I'm going to the game and I don't have like a toque or a, or a sweatshirt or anything like that. And I was looking for to try to find something. And my mom found this this hat that had been my Guido's that my dad took as uh, when, when they were cleaning out the house after he passed away. He took it as his sort of remembrance of, of my grandpa. So... Um, they they couriered me this hat uh, overnight so that I could wear it to the game. And, and you know, my mom said, you know, I thought he was everyone's good luck charm, so hopefully his hat brings the Bombers some luck. And so I wore it to the game, and it worked, and they won. It was pretty awesome. Wow, that's, that's, that, that, is, that is pretty cool. So you, you got to go to the Grey Cup this year then? I did, yeah. I bought uh, tickets last minute. I wasn't sure if I was going to have to be up in Edmonton before the Canada Cup or not or whatever, and it just worked out that I didn't have to go up until Monday, and so then I, when the Bombers made it, I was looking for tickets, and it turns out that I had a group of friends who I haven't seen in a long time from Winnipeg who uh, had one extra ticket, so um, off I went. Well, that that's that's an awesome story, and the Bombers, uh, that, that one would have been called after eight ends, I think, if it were a curling match. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. For sure. Hey, I'm glad we got you on tonight because when I saw this story come out, I got to be honest with you, Chelsea. I was like, "Wait, what? Isn't it already this way?" But um, for the 2020 Briar and Scotties, it will be uh, equal prize money for for men and women in both events. So I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about it. Like, what what took so long here? What? Why was it not already equal? Well. For years, you'd, you'd have to look at the, the revenue that the events bring in, and so that was part of it. Um, the Briar, the, the ratings now are almost identical as far as TV goes, but the but the Briar itself and the patch and all that, they fill bigger buildings, they sell more alcohol, they, they make more money at the event um, than the Scotties does, but it sort of came to light recently, and, and I think the biggest difference, honestly, is that now that we've got the Pinty's Grandson of Curling, um, they've mandated equal payment, um, Pinty's has in all their contracts. And so we've been getting the same pay at, uh, at six or seven some events a year. And I think that's what kind of shed some light onto it is that why isn't it equal? We're putting in the same amount of work. You know, the sponsors are sponsoring all Curling Canada events. So it's not like there's a different sponsorship agreement and things. And they talked about the jewelry as being part of it. And, and we sort of said, like, I mean, as much as I love my Scotty's jewelry, you can't value the event differently because of that. So um, we're, we're glad to see Curling Canada kind of follow suit with um, with a precedent that's been set by the Grand Slam. Okay, well, I'm glad you told me that because I was going to ask what happens in uh, in some of the other events. So that it's been equal for a while then. So that's good that they still in the Grand Slams. It. it is, yeah. In yeah. The, the on the old like World Curling Tour before Sportsnet and Rogers purchased the Grand Slam series, um, it wasn't equal necessarily because it was each event sort of decided its own purse and had its own sponsors. But ever since. Um, Rogers got involved and Sportsnet got involved, which, in my opinion, is one of the best things to happen to curling, just because they did that and they 
you know, they put it all on TV and they let us wear our sponsors and, and they really cater to the players and they've mandated equal payments for men and women, which is awesome. So that set a precedent that now we have something to sort of fall back on and say it should be the same. All right. I'm glad. Thanks for filling us in. Chelsea Carey joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, you were just curling in Leduc at the Canada Cup. Uh, you wound up uh, being eliminated in the semifinal to Tracy Fleury, and then she lost in the final to Rachel Holman. Uh, I had Brendan Botcher on the show last week to talk a little about the men's side of the draw. My goodness, that was quite a field on uh, in both men and women, wasn't it? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the Olympic trials, right? It's basically the exact same format, and that's why they do it that way. Same time of year, same format, so you can kind of use those Canada Cups as a practice run for your Olympic trials. And yeah, the field is always it's a bit daunting to look at because the teams are like we're we're just we have so much depth in Canada still, right? So you look at at all those teams and think, geez, like <laughs> every game looks like a hard game, so it, it can be a bit overwhelming when you look at it. But I mean, again, we're we're playing the slams and things are used to that. You're looking at the top 15 teams in the world every weekend, so you're you're never uh, you know the the old adage if you're looking for an easy spot on the draw and you don't see it you're probably it um right (laughs) you you just have to kind of break it down and take it and it's as cliche as it sounds one shot at a time one game at a time and and hope that you come out on top and it's your week but yeah it's it's a really really tough field and a tough event i asked brendan about this last week it's interesting because this is basically two years ahead of the trials right so you're qualifying for the trials two years ahead of time which to me seems like a long time, but then I also thought, well, if you win the Masters, you get to play in the Masters until you're 65, so maybe it's... But but (laughs) I I just kind of thought, a lot can change in a team sport in two years, can it? Well, yeah, but if you change too much, you lose your spot. You have to keep three out of the four players, and like there's all kinds of rules, right? Right. So you can't just, you know... um, Rachel or, or John Epping can't just go change their whole team and keep the spot. That's not how it works. So, yeah, I mean, things can change for sure. But at the same time, like, even if they don't award it right now, several of the spots are based on a two-year points total. So it's not really that different. It just doesn't get awarded till later, but it's still rewarding your performance over a two-year time period, right? Okay, I get you. So winning now still still benefits one way or the other. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, Chelsea, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you're always great to talk to whenever we, we have you on. Thanks for the enlightening us uh, enlightening us on the on the, the the pay and curling and 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 really appreciate you sharing that personal story about the the hat and the Bombers Great Cup victory and your grandfather. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That is Chelsea Carey checking in tonight on uh, Inside Sports. So there, she broke it down uh, very well with the uh, the pay and curling. So the Grand Slam events were equal for men and women, and now the Briar and the Scotties are going to be equal as well. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. We will update the scoreboard. Tough loss for the Maple Leafs tonight. And Golden Bears head coach Ian Herbers, coming up. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. Eskimos looking for a new head coach. CFL schedule will come out later this month as well. We had Eskimos president and CEO Chris Preston on the show last night. They have this new 
ticket deal for 79 bucks. You can get a ticket to an Eskimos game, an FC Edmonton game, a Prospects game, and a Stingers game. That's for 79 bucks. You do have to get it by December 23rd. And you don't have to pick a specific game right now. You get a voucher, and then you cash that in for uh, your tickets in the new year as those seasons approach. So, uh, good promotion. Hopefully that works out for all the teams involved. NHL tonight, late in the third. Boston up 2-0 on Carolina. Halfway through the third, Canadians leading the Islanders 3-1. Two minutes left. Devils trailing the Golden Knights 4-3. Devils fired John Hines today as head coach. Elaine Nazardine takes over on an interim basis. Lightning up 2-1 on the Predators late in the second period. Also in the second, Jets leading the Stars 3-0. The Wild beat the Panthers 4-2. The Flyers ring up the Maple Leafs 6-1 with five goals in the third period. The Coyotes get by the Blue Jackets 4-2. Oil Kings lead Moose Jaw 1-0 late in the first Halfway through the fourth quarter, Raptors trailing Miami 98-93. Pleased to welcome back to the show head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. It is Ian Herbers. Ian, thanks for checking in. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Thank you. It's good to have you on the show. Ian, I, I want to I, I get a comment from you on a coach you used to have because there are a lot of stories and allegations coming out about coaches uh, and about that maybe they didn't always treat their players with respect. You played for a man named Claire Drake who had a high level of accountability with his players, a high level of success. He was a demanding coach, but he was able to do it, uh, and I want you to elaborate on this as you can, in a very respectful and positive environment. Yeah, that's correct, Reed. Just the, the passion he had, uh, how prepared he was, how how far ahead of the game he was. And then the other key point is the people that he surrounded himself with, like guys like Billy Moores, uh, just fantastic people, fantastic coaches. And you wanted to come to the rink and work hard every day and get better and knew you were going to get pushed to get better. Yeah, well said for sure. It's certainly a, a big influence. Uh, I, I still love the story you told me a few years ago. Uh, I think it was before you joined the Oilers staff for a few years. You would still meet up with coach drake for coffee and he'd be bringing out ideas for your practice sessions and drawing up plays on napkins and all that kind of stuff uh, we we were using napkins and we didn't have to borrow the uh, waitress's <laughs> pen or something like that he had he had pencils he had rink boards he had r- rink pads and everything else so just goes to speak to his preparation and how he was ready for everything and that and it just wasn't about hockey it was about being a better person on the ice off the ice away from the rink at the rink yeah, absolutely. Well, the rink for you guys, uh, you know, pretty good season so far for the Golden Bears hockey team. You guys are 14-2 and two as, you, as you reach the semester break. Look, we, we talk all the time about the high standards for the Golden Bears hockey program. 14-2 and two is pretty good, but overall, how do you feel about how your team played, Ian? Um, actually, very good. Very confident where we're at right now. Uh, we've come a long way from the start of the year. When you bring in so many new bodies, you're never sure how things are really going to go. Obviously, you have your plan, and and this is the way you think things are, and you want to guide this way. And for the most part, we've we followed that plan. Obviously, we've had some bumps on the road, which are good, all part of our growth and our growing. Uh, if you didn't have any of those, and it was easy all the way, it wouldn't make us a better team. Uh, I've been able to try different line combinations, a few different deep pairs, uh, switch around power play, penalty kills a bit. Uh, so able to experiment with a few different things. So it's it's been very good. Uh, our young guys have stepped right up. The, for me, they're not first-year players. They're playing like they've been in the league. 
two, three, four years, and our vets and players, I guess you call them, uh, are carrying off where they left off last year. How has the goaltending situation worked out for you? Because obviously Sachenko went to the AHL with San Jose, and, and I believe you had a goaltender who decided after school started that he was going to pursue uh, some professional aspirations. So how, how has that adjustment gone? And I, and I know Burke's back, and he's played yeah. before. Yeah, no, it wasn't the start we were expecting. Uh, we had a guy uh, signed and was enrolled in classes and uh, was all set to come and actually this year the first week or two and uh, was involved in all our practices and preparation and everything else and then left, went to play pro. Uh, Burke had a very good year. He came in prepared, had a good summer. Uh, probably his best summer with the Bears talking to Stan, uh, conditioning-wise and getting prepared for the season. So he had something to prove with all the injuries from last season, uh, which he could never really get into the groove. He'd just start playing well, get banged up, dinged up. Something would happen, he'd be out for a while, get going again, and then something new would happen. So it was a tough year for him last year. Uh, Matt Berlin watched him a few times here at the Crusaders. Uh, weren't sure what we're getting. Liked his size and his competitiveness on the ice. Uh, and he's another person that had a fantastic summer. He was with Joel Jackson all summer. Our strength conditioning coach down at the Seville Center worked very hard, got himself into fantastic shape, and has earned his ice time that he's gotten this year. So right now we're splitting our goalies. They both have had a blip during the season, but they've been very good for us and uh, probably the best tandem in Canada West. Yeah, for sure. Uh, six of your players, Kirichenko, Ray Hill, Aury, Sanford, Cox, and Paul and Chuck, are going to play for the, uh, I guess, the U Sports All Stars. They're called in a uh, in a tune-up game for the for the World Junior uh, team as they go through their selection camp in uh, in Oakville. There have been years. Uh, there was one year the entire Golden Bears team played played against Team Canada. But tell me about the, the value for these U Sports players uh, to go take on the Canadian Juniors in this in this environment. No, it's a great experience uh, again to play against the the best age players uh, and juniors out in Oakville. I believe it is this year. Uh, get thrown together with some new players, so those are all challenges to travel and everything else. So it's great to get thrown into those kind of experiences. Hopefully, our guys excel at it. I'm sure they will. Uh, they're in great shape and are, are very excited about going. Um, the only, I guess, the negative or down thing on it is that it's Monday to Friday next week and that's right during the week of our final exams which our guys have to get deferred exams and it makes it a little bit more difficult on them. It'd be nice if we could get it Thursday to Sunday or something so maybe they only miss a day or two of exams but uh, you know schedules are tight and everything else so they're trying to work it in but it just hasn't worked out yet. Okay. What's going on for, uh, I mean you've wrapped up conference play but you have some games just after Christmas don't you? Yeah, we're playing Mount Royal, I, I believe it's the 27th, and then made on the 28th, that's a Saturday-Sunday, at Claire Drake, both games at 7 o'clock. Uh, we got a big weekend the following weekend in Saskatchewan, which, which will be a battle for first place, so we wanted to get a couple games in. At that point this, in the summer, we didn't know those would be, but whenever we're playing Saskatchewan, it's usually big games, so we want to get a couple games in, get maybe some of the guys that haven't played as much, uh, some game-time opportunity. Uh, and just make sure we're set to go and ready for the start of the second half. 
All right. Well, we look forward to that. Ian, I'm going to throw uh, one more at you, and, and you're in a unique position. You uh, coached the U of A. You went on to the Oilers staff for three years and now back with the Golden Bears. You were an Oilers assistant the year they made the playoffs. Uh, McDavid led the league in scoring. Dreisaitl was in the top ten. This year they're 1-2. Uh, more with Dreisaitl, when you have time to sit down and watch an Oilers game, and uh, and you see what he has become as someone who used to coach Leon. You know what? What are you thinking about the steps he continues to take? Well, that's what we saw in Leon those first couple of years. Uh, he could have been a dominant player then, and uh, he's figuring out uh, hard work in the off season uh, and just seeing him excel. That's kind of what we expected him from him as a player. Uh, now he's putting it together and proving it day in and day out. Uh, with the organization so it's great to see fantastic love to see those guys doing well uh, and hope they have a long run here yeah absolutely ian thanks for the update on the golden bears uh, again 14 and 2 in canada west play excellent stuff and we'll continue talking to you and your guys as we move along appreciate it always my pleasure reed thank you is Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears uh, hockey team. By the way, Canada West, you've probably seen this, it's not new news, but I want to I mention it. Canada West hockey expanding next year from 8 to 10 teams. Trinity Western and McEwen are both going to be playing men's hockey. It'll be uh, interesting to see how those teams did. Do uh, They added Mount Royal, I believe, in the 12-13 season. Mount Royal's actually been pretty competitive. Mount Royal's actually been pretty competitive. It's it's some other more established Canada West schools who haven't been very good in men's hockey. Raptors still trailing here. Four minutes to go. They're down 105-99 to the heat. We'll keep you updated. We'll talk to local boxer Ryan Ford. He's fighting at the convention center on Friday when we get back. Hi, I'm Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chat. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Oilers and Senators tomorrow, six o'clock for the face-off show. The uh, game is at seven. 30. Appreciate you tuning in. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window. Again, a reminder that on Thursday, we're going to have the 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous live auction. The online auction already going on on santasanonymous.ca. The live auction will happen on our talk shows throughout the day from 6 to 7 on Thursday. We are auctioning off this package. You get a Rexall Play seat signed by Grant Fuhr and Paul Coffey. You get a pair of lower bowl tickets to see the Oilers host Nashville on February 8th. And you get to uh, golf with Grant Fuhr, a buddy of yours, and a golf pro. Golfing for two with Grant Fuhr and a pro. So we're going to be auctioning that off from 6 to 7 right here on Inside Sports. That's going to be pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah, that uh, Leafs game losing 6-1 to the Philadelphia Flyers. It was 1-1 halfway through the third period. Philadelphia got five goals in the last 10 minutes of the third to beat Toronto 6-1. We'll get a full scoreboard update before the end of the show tonight. Hey, I want to welcome back to Inside Sports. He's ready for a bout this Friday at the convention center. Boxer Ryan Ford. Ryan, how are you doing? Hey, man. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing fine. 
It's always great to have you on the show, and I know there's some exciting things coming up this weekend we want to talk about, Ryan, but I think first we kind of got to wrap up the story that you and I talked about when we had you in studio, I guess, uh, late in the summer, late in August, and uh, you had a fight overseas, and uh, I saw the video. Looked like a low blow to me. Certainly felt like a low blow to you, and uh, and you weren't happy about it. And I know you wanted to appeal that. Can you can you tell people what kind of shook down with that appeal and with the decision you ultimately got? Yeah, well, pretty much. Um, you know, we got a one word answer back that um, they didn't see anything that clarified to overturn the ruling. So. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're blind or, you know, if somebody was covering their eyes um, during uh, the fight to see. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It's boxing. Um, you know, when you're not the A-side fighter in their hometown, you know, you're not going to get uh, those decisions. So, so as a fighter, I guess there's no other channel for you to take. You just kind of had to live with it and, and, and file it away? Pretty much. you got to suck it up and, you know, on to the next one. Okay. All right. Well, the next one is Friday. You're, you're uh, fighting a gentleman named Orlando Vasquez. What do you know about this guy? What kind of fight do you expect? Yeah, um, you know, uh, he's a Mexican, um, a tough Mexican that comes to fight. Uh, I've seen a few of his fights. Uh, he actually fought one of my former training partners in his last fight. Um, so, you know, he's a tough, durable guy, 10 wins with six losses, with 10 of his wins coming by way of knockout. So, you know, he does um, uh, knock people out. I mean, eight wins of, uh, of coming by knockout out of his 10 wins. So, um, you know, he, he must have some decent power. Um, but, you know, I'm not really looking forward to what he's going to do. I'm just looking forward to, you know, me getting in the ring there and just setting my pace and doing what I have to do and ending the fight. Tell me a little bit about what your training has been like since you had that fight in Iraq. I guess what we're about, uh, what are we, three and a half months between fights, roughly, if I'm rounding off a little bit. So how do you sort of pace yourself and when do you really start to to ramp it up for, for the next one? Um, well, actually, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of guy who's always in the gym. I stay ready just in case I get a phone call. Um, it just so happens that... Um, I was in Montreal for the past month getting ready for a fight that I was supposed to fight this this past weekend in uh, Poland. But unfortunately, my opponent got sick, so um, the fight has been postponed now till April of next year. So I've been in the gym. I've been training. Um, I just got to come home for the last couple weeks uh, before this fight. And, um, you know, I'm on point. My weight's on point. And I've never felt better. So um, come Friday night, you know, it's been over three years since I fought at home. And the fans that are going to be in the building are going to be in for a surprise. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. And, and look, you're in a sport where you got to travel. you got to go where the opportunities or the opponents take you sometimes. But what does it mean to you to be, and you mentioned the three-year gap, what, what does it mean to you to be fighting in Edmonton? I mean, this must be, I know you've done it before, but this must be really special. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a long time. It's, like I said, it's been over three years. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to be good to be able to put on again for my city in my city. Um, you know, my son, my daughter, or my son more is happy that he gets to come and walk me out to the fight and actually get to see me fight live. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, she's, uh, you know, she'll be watching but turning her head every now and then. 
And, um, you know, just uh, it, it's awesome that I get to put on in front of my fans here in Edmonton. Uh, they get to see um, how far I've come in the boxing game. You know, when I fought back here three years ago, you know, I was still raw. You know, ever since that, I moved my training camps and, and specifically um, set myself to be a professional boxer. Uh, the levels are insane. So Friday night, I'm bringing back the heat of boxing to Edmonton. Well said. Tell, tell me a little bit about your son. How old is he? And has he ever walked you into the ring before? Is this a new thing? Oh, yeah. No, no. My son is eight years old. And, um, you know, my first few fights uh, when I fought here in the city, he walked me out. But he was still a little bit younger. Now, um, you know, he's at the age uh, where, you know, he knows what's going on. And, um, you know, he's cornered me when I fought in Singapore. Um, you know, he, he he's cornered me before. So, uh He's just really looking forward to being able to watch Dad fight live again because it's been three years where he had to watch on TV when I was in Russia or Germany or London. Right on. Okay, well, that's what. what's his name? His name's RJ, Ryan Jr. Ryan Jr., okay, good stuff. Well, that that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. The, uh, the weight for this fight, uh, well, you're coming in at 172. Is that a pretty comfortable weight for you? How does that compare to what you might usually fight at? Oh, yeah, no, uh, well, usually I've been fighting at uh, 175, and um, before that I was fighting at super middleweight, which was 168, and my fight that was supposed to be last weekend in Poland was going to be at 168, so, uh, you know, my weight's on point already. I think I have maybe four pounds to lose, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, I, can't, I just can't wait to get back in front of the Edmonton fans and, you know, show them how far I've came. Ryan, I gotta say, it's it's like you are jumping through the phone. You are so excited for this one, and that it's <laughs> it's in Edmonton. So uh, I have a feeling your your energy level is going to be off the charts when you step in there on Friday. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I'm I'm looking to to put on a show for everybody who's uh, in attendance. Um, you know, this, this this sport is not only just a sport, but it's also the entertainment business. So, um, you know, I'm going to make sure that uh, everybody that's there and watching live is going to be entertained, that's for sure. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate the update. You know, thanks for, for filling us in on what happened with the story you and I were talking about uh, back in August. And, and all the best here Friday night, man. I look forward to following along. Go get them. Thank you very much for having me, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again. Ryan Ford, KO88 at the Edmonton Convention Center on Friday night. Good to have Ryan checking in. Didn't get the uh, resolution he wanted after the low blow in August, but he's refocused and ready for, for Friday. The Raptors have gone ahead. Late rally here, 42 seconds left. They're now up 108-107 on Miami. We should be able to get you the final here before we sign off in, in uh, two or three minutes. Oilers, Senators tomorrow. Miko Koskinen expected to start in goal. I mean, it's just incredible how he's been doing. 10-2-2 on the season, a 9-21 save percentage after uh, looking not very good, especially in the final third of last season. And Dave Tippett went back to last year and watched some of his games. I saw, watched a bunch of games games where he was really good and then I watched a bunch of games where he was really tired last year and came in with said it's going to be a clean slate obviously talked to uh, Schwartz Schwartzy about him a lot and uh, basically just said it's up to you to show what you can do and he's come in and played very well played very well real calm real he practices hard he's just he's just dialed in he's not overthinking the situation he's just been a real good player 
Yeah, Mike Smith back on the practice ice today. Stuart Skinner sent back to Bakersfield, so Smith the likely backup tomorrow. Caleb Jones also sent back to the Condors. Joel Pearson has been called up. Matt Benning goes to injured reserve. Ryan Nugent Hopkins skated on his own today, will not play tomorrow. Zach Cassian, bit of a back issue did not skate today, expected to skate on his own tomorrow and uh, not expected to play against the Senators. So that's what's going on with the Oilers. 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 here on 6.30 Chet. Final look at the NHL scoreboard. The Canadians back in the win column, beating the Islanders 4-2. Boston shuts out Carolina. 2-0, two goals in the final four minutes and 10 seconds for the Bruins to pull that one out. They are 23-5 and on the season. The Devils make a coaching change doesn't help today. Golden Knights beat the Devils 4-3. It was Marsha Show with a natural hat trick in that game for the Golden Knights. After two, Tampa Bay leads Nashville 2-1. After two, the Jets lead the Stars 4-1. Senators and Canucks will start in a few minutes, half an hour away from the Capitals and the Sharks. Minnesota won 4-2 on the road against Florida. The Flyers get five goals in the last 10 minutes to beat the Leap 6-1. Coyotes over the Blue Jackets 4-2 is the final. Start of the second period at Rogers Place. Oil Kings leading the Moose Jaw Warriors 1-0. Well, we might not have the Raptors final for you here. They're up 108-107 on Miami with 38 seconds left. Jimmy Butler at the free throw line for the Heat. Try to give you... We'll stay with this as long as we can, Kellen. We'll thank Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Butler makes the first, and he's shooting another. So it's 108-108, Raptors and Heat. 38 seconds left. You can wait until tomorrow for me to give you the final score, or you probably just find it on your own tonight. I'll Google it. <laughs> yeah, you can give it a Google. Oh, we missed the second one. Raptors have the ball. Game's tied. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.